Let's go out and talk to our Browns insider. His name is Daryl Ryder, brought to you by Shopping Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Hello, Daryl. How are you this evening? Good, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. Can I make a commentary on your bobbleheads, or do you treat your bobbleheads like they're your children? No, say what you got to say. Okay. I saw the recent addition to your collection, and I thought the Joe Thomas one was arguably one of the worst bobbleheads I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. <laughs> it was so bad, Daryl. I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, does not look like him. Nothing like him. <laughs> But it is what, look, I mean, uh, I can't control the product, right? <laughs> I know, I, I know. At least the Jimmy Brown looked like Jim Brown, right? That one was good. I that, that one, one. was, was good, good. But yeah, I, I'm with you. And uh, that's been a common theme on the IG. People uh, wondering who the heck that is supposed to be. But yeah, that is supposed to be Joe Thomas. I mean, nowhere close. Okay, good. I'm glad I wasn't alone on that one. No, no, no. You're, you, you will not offend me over the quality or accuracy uh, of the bobbleheads because the, that is out of my control. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, it many is. a year, the the Guardians, previously known as the Indians, would give away bobbleheads that did not look like the players um, that uh, <laughs> they were supposed to be. <laughs> now, in recent years, the Indians slash Guardians bobbleheads game has been upped exponentially. Cavalier bobbleheads have been fantastic. Fantastic! Oh yeah, those always look good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like uh, as I look back in my cabinet right now, so I'm looking like right now at the my LeBron collection, right? The the seven bobbleheads mm-hmm. the Cavaliers gave away. So LeBron's rookie bobblehead looks nothing like LeBron. <laughs> First of all, he's chubby. Oh, <laughs> okay, he's a chubsy ubsy. Uh, <laughs> Does not look like LeBron at all. So yeah, I mean uh, that, that's you know part and parcel to the bobbleheads. Some of them look like the guys, and some of them really don't. And in this case, uh, unfortunately, the Hall of Fame bobblehead does not look like Joe Thomas. It is very disappointing, but um, eh, I guess it's a collector's item nonetheless. It Maybe is, it's worth it more, is. right? Because it doesn't look like him. You know, like it's a mistake or something. Well, I, I knew you had to buy it. I was like, I know he has to buy it, but I was like, that's just oh man. That's the, now, let me ask you this. Uh, we all heard the press conference. Co, you, Kobe Altman promised you a whole shipment of bobbleheads from the Cavs. Did the Cavs ever pony up to that? Or do I need to, do oh, I, I need to rail on the Cavs No, you, you don't have to. No, no, no. I, so here's the deal. Um, I, I do have Cavalier bobbleheads. It's just um, they just weren't in shot of the camera. I've got, let's see here, one row. Oh, no. I, I mean, I understand that. But they, but they said they were like, uh, like Kobe. I got about was, three rows of Cavalier bobbleheads. Kobe was like, let's get you some Cavs bobbleheads. I thought yeah, you were going to a whole package. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to It'll hold. come. They got time. They got yeah, time. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to hold his feet to the fire on that okay. um you know i've you know that's um you know yeah not gonna hold his feet to the fire on that i i mean look if he wants to give me the special editions that i don't have heck yeah sign yeah i get, mean get, i get them on over here in look, my mind look, i thought you were gonna get every bobblehead under the sun that they ever had if i'm being honest about it but. um yeah i mean i so i've got the the four Kyrie's. i've got the seven lebrons those are really the important ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, when you talk about Cavalier history, I've got a real cool set uh, commemorating the 1980s. You know, the Brad Doherty, Mark Price, mm-hmm. Larry Nance group there. I got Whammer. Nice. nice. Oh, I, I like, I like four Whammers at my house for some reason. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got Whammer. So that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I've, I've got both Nance, uh, the, 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 the Nance collection they did a couple of years ago. I got Mayor Bibb. Uh, from the All Star Game, uh, yeah, I got Shaq. I've got the uh, oh, that's cool. 
Yeah, I, I, so I, I've got a healthy dose of uh, Cavalier bobbleheads in the Cavalier. Like I said, if you want to hook me up with some special editions that I don't have, I'm not going to complain. I've got room. And if I don't have room, oh, I will make room. I believe it. Guardians just beat the Blue Jays 1-0 to in the final right there. Tanner Bobby pitched fantastic tonight. We'll get to that uh, about 15 minutes or so from now. You'll hear from Terry Francona, and we'll get into the Guardians' reaction. Right now we're talking football, though, with Daryl. Uh, and, Daryl, before we get into some of the Browns' conversations, I saw you tweeting out about the Johnny Manziel documentary. I've not yeah. had a chance to watch it yet. I was saving it for tomorrow morning, but the conversation right now, a couple things are really standing out for people. Obviously, you had the real problematic side of Johnny Menzel. It seemed like it showcased itself, but there's a, there's a sensitive part of all this as well. Uh, but Johnny did admit in his Netflix doc that he watched zero tape during his yeah. time with the Browns. The GM called his agent, quote, his iPad hours is 0.0, Butowski. Uh, I, that's, that's not great. I, can't, I, I would imagine you're not surprised by that news. Least surprising news ever. Yeah. Um, so, what were what were you surprised by with this documentary? Um, obviously the 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 report about, um, or I should say the the admission from him, uh, which was reported prior to the release of the documentary that you know he tried to take his own life. Um, mm -hmm. That was the most startling, um, portion uh, of that documentary to me. Look, uh, you know, professionally. I, I have no sympathy for him. He had a golden opportunity here, and he flushed it down the drain, and that's on him, and that's something he has to live with. As a fellow human being, though, uh, when you are talking about someone that has the demons that he has um, and the lack of accountability in his life that he had, right, um, you know, that, that's, that I, I feel for him just as a human being. Uh, I know Browns fans have a lot of resentment towards him and whatnot, um, uh, the fact that when he went on Joe Thomas's podcast with Andrew Hawkins, the Tomahawk pod, and he apologized to him for, you know, wasting years of his career. And I, I talked to Joe about that and, mm. and, and Joe has forgiven him for that. You, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I just hope that he's found some peace and happiness in his life now to where those demons that haunted him both in college and as well as his time with the Browns have somewhat subsided and he's able to lead a productive life. And again, I say this realizing the animosity a lot of Browns fan has towards him uh, because of you know how he was uh, you know as a player here. But I, I think it's important to separate the two, and, and that's what I try and do professionally. No sympathy. You blew the opportunity, kid, and I can't feel bad for you there. Uh, but on a human level. Uh, I, I absolutely do. Uh, I absolutely feel for the man. And again, I, I pray that uh, he has found some comfort in his life. How was he when he was around you guys? Was it was it noticeable that something wasn't right, or was he gregarious? Was he not? How was he? In the in the documentary, I mean, I wouldn't say he was gregarious. I mean, it was it was he was pretty matter of fact. Uh, and, and the folks that were interviewed as part of that documentary, and I don't want to give too much away, uh, but they were also pretty uh, matter of fact. His agent was matter of fact. Um, but what astonished me was that all this stuff, like in spite of all the stuff that was going on leading up to the draft involving this guy, Brown still drafted him. Well, isn't there an argument to be made there? If I'm going to play devil's advocate, if just for a second, 
like I'll never forget the Alabama game, you know, throwing nearly 500 yards against Nick Saban's defense that you're not supposed to be able to do that against Nick Saban. Isn't there an argument to be made? The talent was there. And if he had just tried just an, an ounce of effort out of him, he might've actually had a decent NFL career. It's just, how can you predict that someone's never going to yeah. watch tape? Yeah. And, and the thing is, I, I do, I still feel like he had the talent. He certainly didn't have the size, right? No mm-hmm. question there, but there was talent there. But when you don't, when you don't invest in improving your own talent, which was very clear uh, with him as a member of the Browns, well, those are the results you get, and you shouldn't be surprised by that. So, um, yeah, I, I just I, I kind of feel like um, again, you, you have to separate the two. You have to separate uh, the football player from the human being when you watch this documentary. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Baker year two. Remember year one, he came out and he was guns ablaze and he was great. And then year two, uh, we had all the different like fat Baker jokes and all these type of things. But re- really the reality was is he just stopped working hard and he thought that he was good enough to be able to not work hard. And then year three, he tried working hard again and then he had success. But like Johnny Menzel just never had that working hard side of things. He just constantly yeah. lived in year two of Baker. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, and and just lived off of, hey, I'm just going to go out there and sling it like I did in high mm-hmm. school, and and for the most part at Texas A&M and in the National Football League, you just cannot do that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Tyler Murray is learning that lesson firsthand, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Wild. Uh, I was uh, kicking around a question earlier today, Daryl. Uh, I was asking. Just let me know what you think about this. I was listening to a, a host in Detroit, and he was talking about the Lions, and he was talking about how uh, this is the most important season in Lions history, right? And he was going through all these different reasons, and I'm, I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. Your head coach isn't getting fired if the season blows up. Your front office isn't getting fired if the season blows up. Your quarterback, you still right. might ride with Jared Goff if it goes poorly. I don't know, but even if you moved on, it's not the end of the world moving on from Jared Goff. I'm like... Is this the most important Brown season in, in modern Browns history, the Super Bowl era? Oh. Is this the most important one with everything uh, at stake? I know. Uh, I feel. Why do I feel like I get asked this question every year, though? Right? I mean, I, it feels that way. But it, it, with, with the, look, j- jobs are on the line. No, no question about it. Right? Uh, Kevin Stefanski's job is on the line. Uh, there, there are. Well, there's only one excuse, and we're not even going to go that rabbit. We don't want to put that bad stuff out there in the air, right? Uh, but there, there's only one thing that I think can happen that would result in a terrible season that, you know, Kevin Stefanski could actually survive. But uh, when, when you look at the, the roster, the talent, uh, it, it, on paper, and again, I know on paper to matter, but it's at some point the on paper does need to matter, and the on paper needs to live up to the on paper. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they need to play up to that expectation. So um, I, I, I feel like 10-11 uh, wins and a wild card is not, an unreasonable expectation for this football team. And if those expectations are not met, then there needs to be consequences for that. Because uh, again, I just, I don't feel that there's a lot of excuses. I feel like one through 35, this roster is pretty good. Now, 36 to 53, mm, I don't know, but one to 35, pretty good. So, and I think one to 35 is good enough to get you to the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know if it's the the biggest season in a quarter century or whatever, but uh, I'll just say this. The opportunity for them to have a special season is there, and it's incumbent upon them to take advantage of and deliver on it. Have you changed your expectations for Elijah Moore since watching him in minicamp and now training camp? I don't know if I've changed expectations, but uh, I, I will say that um, 
he is an electric player that I cannot wait to watch. And Andrew Barry absolutely stole him from the New York Jets. I, I know he gave up a second round pick. I know. And you got, but you got more in a third rounder back, right? I, I still think he, I mean, if he does what I think he's going to do, based on what I've seen in the offseason program, based on with some of the things I've seen in training camp, he is just going to be electrifying. Okay, but that is based off of what you've seen then in your own two eyes in camp. I just want to make that clear, right? Well, I got four eyes. Don't sell me short. Uh, the glasses and the glasses count for two each? Darn right. Okay. I'll give it to you. Hey, I, I pay good money for those. Thank you very much. Do you have the prescription sunglasses too? Do you do that as no, well? No, no, no. I have the transition lenses and uh, because I, I have light sensitivity. So I mm. I have uh, basically when I, I actually got my eyes checked right before training camp, right? Eye doctor says, uh, you don't need new glasses. You're only like one tick off. Yeah. Um, but here's your new prescription anyway, just in case you feel like blowing $1,000 on a new pair of glasses with your insurance. Uh, because seriously, like, you know, you got most, most people get their glasses in an hour, right? Well, me, they have to send them off to NASA to get made. <laughs> and that, that takes some time. Yeah, it, it takes does. about two weeks to get them back. So uh, I have like every coating and stuff known to humankind Plus, I have to have the, 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 you know, because I got the one really good eye and I got the really bad eye, so we got to protect the good oh, eye. Oh, you have two have different to, eyes. Yeah, it's, 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 so it, you know, so I have to have the special polycarbonate and I have to have all these filters on them and this, that, and the other, the transition lenses. So, yeah, I mean, that, that stuff gets real expensive. So, uh, that was like the best news I got this year was I didn't have to buy new glasses when I good. went to the eye doctor. I'm almost blind, but. My contacts is at least even in both. So I'm minus seven and a half in both. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, I can't, I can't imagine having two You know different. what? I, I got to be honest with you. I'm glad I don't have to wear contacts. I just, because I just can't imagine, like, putting my fingers in my eye all the time. Oh, it's put, not bad. You get used to it. Yeah. No. See, I, I can't imagine doing that. So, I, I actually don't mind having the four eyes. You watching Hard Knocks tonight? Uh, we'll see. Probably. Yeah. I think it's going to be whether or not people talk about it, right? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to give it an episode, see if people talk about it. Like the Johnny Manziel thing. People talked about it, so now I'm interested, and I'll watch tomorrow morning. But I wasn't going to watch until people really gave it the review. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm going to watch it. I, the, the question is, will I be awake by the end of it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll start watching it. Uh, but you know, we'll see if I survive to the end of episode one. All right, Daryl. Well, uh, if you take a nap instead or go to sleep instead, I hope you enjoy the nap. And, uh, hey, you know what's really nice? I'll though? be honest with you. I'm hoping I pass the you-know-what out. All right. I'm <laughs> I could I'm use a good night's sleep. It's It's been a rough few weeks when it comes to my uh, my sleeping habits. So I, I could use a, a good, solid, sound sleep. Now hit the hay then because you got a busy, busy little stretch coming up here. Uh, thank you, Daryl. Appreciate yeah. you as always. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. You bet, Jonathan. All right. Daryl Ryder right there. Brought to you by Shopping Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store.